Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 Well, let's just start out by saying sorry for the wait. Uh, we're supposed to be a daily podcast, but sometimes life gets in the way. We were on the road for a while, got back. Just needed to take a few days to get used to being back at home, get back into the flow of things. And we got a lot of stuff going on at The Advocate for the season preview. And while I enjoy doing this, The Advocate pays my bills. So that's going to have to take precedence over the daily podcast, but we should start getting back into a better schedule, start aiming closer to doing the daily show and everything, and get back in, into just a little bit more uh, normalcy now that training camp's over and we should get onto a regular season schedule. You're, of course, listening to Locked on Saints. I'm your host, Nick Underhill. And as I said, I also cover the Saints for the Advocate. Make sure you're checking everything out on the Locked On Sports Network. And hopefully you're reading the Advocate and, you know, subscribing to the newspaper because that would be nice. Anyways, Saints got their third preseason game coming up. And as everybody knows, that that game takes on more of a regular season feel There's some game planning for it. Yesterday in the final training camp practice that was open to the public, we saw the Saints running some stuff against the scout team and getting ready for Pittsburgh. There's a little bit more game planning, and it's more of a quote-unquote dress rehearsal for the regular season. I'm not sure that I like that phrase because I'm not sure how much they're actually going to show. But in terms of preparation and scouting and everything, there's a little bit more involved as to where the first two preseason games, just kind of rolling a ball out there and getting at it. And then the final preseason game is is more of guys fighting to get on the roster. You probably won't see many starters. This game, you might see the starters play about a half. So it should be interesting. It's going to be a a test for, for the Saints. We've seen this defense look better throughout training camp in the first two preseason games but this game with some preparations and just the talent level with Ben Roethlisberger I I think I saw that Le'Veon Bell is going to play Antonio Brown there's a lot of weapons on this Pittsburgh offense that that could give the Saints defense a little bit of a test so if they pass this one it's another step towards feeling optimism for the season but if they struggle a little bit Maybe some of that concern comes back. But right now, I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe in the defense. My my big concern, really, and I think it's everybody's big concern, is with that offensive line. We've seen some struggles. This last preseason game was a little bit iffy. Uh, particularly, Tim Lolito kind of had a, had a rough game. I mean, he gave up three or four run stuffs. There was a pressure, a hit, another sack. And then on that sack that Kobe Fleener gave up, uh, 
What isn't discussed is that Lolito's man broke through the line and it prevented Drew Brees from stepping up into the pocket and getting rid of the ball. So there's another one on him. So I think that other guard spot is still kind of up for grabs. We saw Senio Calamente get some some snaps there this week during practice. I still think it's Lolito's job to lose, but if he doesn't play well in this one, I think the Saints are going to have to start looking at uh, some other options. So let's get into the meat of the show. We're just going to go through. We're going to answer some reader questions uh, because we appreciate you guys listening to the show, and we went away for a few days. So we're going to kind of let you guys decide the topics of conversation here. So let's just start jumping right into this. Uh, The first one comes from at Billy underscore Rose three. He wants to know if there's a chance to Saints sign a tackle before the season starts. I don't think so. I, I don't think tackles really the issue with this team. I think the issues on the interior Teron Armstead is one of the best tackles in the league. Zach Streif is still serviceable. And if he weren't to play well, I think Andrews Pete would swing out there. I think where they need help is in the middle of that offensive line. So if there's a move, that's where I would expect it to be. Next one comes from Ron Zies. He wants to know if Nick Fairley is playing just as good or better than expectations. Well, I don't know what the expectations were. I mean, I've always thought Nick Fairley was a good player. He he was outstanding at Auburn, and he's shown flashes of that in the uh, NFL. And we're seeing those same flashes. He's playing well. He's making plays. He's getting up to the quarterback. And really – he's kind of made Sheldon Rankin's injury a bit of a non-story just with how well he's played so far. I mean, we're going to have to see that in the regular season. But I just think the thing for him is being consistent on a snap-to-snap basis and making plays throughout the year. And, look, he's on a one-year deal. um, And if he plays well, he knows he's going to go out and get paid. So I'm not sure that motivation is really going to be an issue for him. He, He should be motivated. And the motivated Nick Fairley is a very good player for the Saints. At Monster underscore writer, he wants to know if Davis Tall is going to make the team. Right now, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought this last preseason game, what was he had some really good moments. He, he got some good pressures. We saw him interrupt a, a screen pass. So... He's made some plays. I think he's probably third at that edge rusher, edge rusher position, and with uh, Kasim Adabali and Obam Guachim ahead of him, I think he's a guy that that just needs to keep putting it together, putting together good film. And if he does that, I think I think he could get on the team. But it's a tight battle, and I don't think he's a lock by any means right now. So just need to see him play well. The next one comes from at. BNG review, black and gold review. Does the offensive line coaching change have anything to do with the apparent drop-off in offensive line play despite almost the same personnel? No, I don't think so. I think Dan Rochar is doing well in that job. He brought in Alex Gibbs to help him sort some things out, consults with him. They worked on the zone blocking schemes. I don't think that we've seen the fruits of those labors yet. But, I mean, look, the thing to understand is the offensive line – isn't doing everything it's going to do during the regular season. It's, it's kind of more vanilla right now. During the season, they'll scheme more, work work together more, and things of that nature. And also, I mean, this last game was the first time we've seen Armstead, uh, Unger, Lolito, Pete, and Streif play together in a game situation. So 
And Pete's moving around. He hasn't settled into a spot. I, I think once we see some continuity, some of those issues are going to be cleaned up. I don't know how good the line's going to be. As I said before, I'm concerned about the line. But right now isn't the time to panic or, or start going after coaches or anything like that. I, I think we need to give them a chance to settle in and uh, kind of show what they can do. So it's worth keeping an eye on. It's okay to be a little bit concerned, but I'm not ready to jump off the deep end and, and start taking shots at people at this point. I mean, if it looks bad in week four, week five, then maybe you start getting a little bit more concerned. But right now, I'm just going to pump the brakes on that. Next one comes from <laughs> at Mr. Pot Cookie. How is David Onyemata's progression? How is he off the field? I think he's doing good. I mean, he, I've said this a lot of places, maybe even on this podcast. The thing that impressed me the most about him is that first day of camp, they're doing one-on-one -on -one pass rush drills, and he's jumping off sides. Excuse me. He's jumping off sides. He's struggling. He's... Just not looking good. And then the next day he comes back and he's not jumping off sides. And then the next day he comes back and he's starting to get some pressure. And you just see him making these corrections and being more productive and uh, just getting better day by day. And I think that's what you want to see from what, what really is a developmental player. And now it looks like he has a shot to maybe contribute in a very specified role in the sub rush. And if you put those blinders on him and tell him just to focus on doing one thing, he might be able to contribute this year, and that's pretty impressive considering how how long, well, how short ago he started playing the game. That he's coming from Canada, the roles are different. It's impressive, and I'm curious to see how far he goes. How is he off the field? I mean, look, I really don't know because we've only talked to him in a podium situation, and up there he's very soft spoken and and polite, and just seems to be a nice guy. So. It's a, it's a cool story, and I'm curious to see how it progresses throughout the year. Next one comes from Ryan Berger, WTOP. Any more light shed on why Kobe Fleener was demoted on the unofficial depth chart? Didn't see any comments from Peyton. No, and I never really had any thoughts on it to begin with because I just figured it was an oversight, and you're talking about a depth chart that had Hakeem Nix on it still, Caleb Ewell's playing defense. I mean, look, it's unofficial, and I thought that was a pretty dumb storyline because it's just nothing to get worked up about. I mean, it's, that thing's just thrown together, and it is what it is. It's weird that it happened, but, I mean, overall, it's not really anything that, that I was uh, concerned about. Next one comes from Peter M. Buss. Five linebackers are a lock. Is Michael Motti a lock in your view, too? No, I'm not I'm – not, uh, I'm not going to say Mahdi's a lock. I, I think he's he's probably ahead of the other linebackers on the roster. It's mostly because he's really good on special teams. But, I mean, he, he's he's still got to make the team. And there's some other guys coming up, and, and they're pushing. Jeff Schottmer, Tony Stewart, some other guys are, are playing well. I, I will put Mahdi a step ahead of them. But right now, I, I think he just needs to keep performing and – you know, that that's how I'll make the team. I think it'll be through special teams. And Peter asked another question. Will I make a roster projection before you make cuts without safeguards like good bets and long shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not big on 53-man roster projections. I'm not big on 
mock drafts. I, I think anything where you're guessing is a waste of everybody's time. I mean, if I guess that someone makes the roster, a long shot guy that's on the bubble, everyone knows is on the bubble, you know, and he makes the team. I mean, I'm not going to walk around like that's a feather in my hat. I mean, I made a guess and got lucky on it. I, I think the way I do it by, by putting in my locks, my good bets, guys that are on the bubble, uh, you know, long shots, I, I think that's a more accurate view of what I'm seeing and what I think could happen. And if I'm doing a 53-man roster projection, it's a certain point, you know, I got my 46, 47 guys on the team. Then all of a sudden I'm making guesses on the last five or six guys based on, you know, those ones that I have on the bubble or whatever. And if I get them right, great, big deal. If I get them wrong, you know, who cares too? I, I don't think that really illuminates anything to anyone except I made a lucky guess. So I'm going to keep doing it the way I do it. You know, I'll, I'll leave the uh, actual roster projections up to everyone else. But for me, I think there's more value in doing actual analysis and explaining why there's battles and how those battles are looking than just picking, you know, the last 10 names on the roster out of a hat and, and slapping them on there. I know people like to read that stuff. Thankfully, I'm not bound by clicks. So I'm happy to do it my way. I hope you guys enjoy reading it. But, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to be unless somebody that writes one of my checks comes up and tells me that I need to do a 53. Then I'll do a 53. But as long as I have a choice, I'm not going to do it. Next one comes from SR Revolution. Which positions might the Saints target via trade? Hard to find starters on the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine. I mean, we heard they were trying to trade for Ronald Leary from the Cowboys, and that one's actually interesting to me because the Cowboys tried to sign Tim Alito this offseason, and I don't know if that was to replace Leary or what or, or just add more depth, but I think that's kind of interesting that, that things worked out that way. But overall, trades don't really happen in the NFL, as we all know, and when they do, they're always a big surprise, but... I don't know what they're going to target, and if they do target, could, could they pull it off? I mean, my guess would be something on the offensive line. But I also think, look, man, those waivers, I, I think it's possible that a couple, at least at least a couple guys that are going to be on this team aren't on this team right now. And, again, that might be at the uh, at the offensive guard position. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Another one from Mr. Pot Cookie. Who makes the roster at Jack defensive end? Well, first of all, they don't they don't call it Jack anymore. It's open end and closed end, kind of the same position. But I mean, Jack was a Rob Ryan thing. It's it's not a Dennis Allen thing. I think it's Kasim Adabali, Obam Guachum, and then maybe Davis Tall. So, I, I think the first two guys are probably probably well. Kasim's definitely in. I would assume Guachum's in. As far as Tall, like I said, I, I still think he needs to do a little bit more work. And last one comes from. H.I. Power, how many corners do you think they keep? I think it's going to be five or six, and this is actually one of the things I'm most interested to see to see how it plays out. I think for sure, Bro, P.J. Williams, Devontae Harris, and Ken Crawley are probably in. Then I think it's kind of up in the air with like Cortland Finnegan, Brian Dixon, I don't think Jimmy Pruitt's going to get in just because it's so deep at that position. But he's he's probably a practice squad guy. And then Damian Swan, too. And I, I don't think Damian Swan's a lock. I think he needs to play well. I think 
I think some of these other guys coming up have put some pressure on him. I would be surprised if he doesn't make the team, but I don't think he's a lock to make the team. And and just going back, like I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets cut. I would be surprised if he gets cut, but I wouldn't be shocked. Played really well last season, but there's a lot of competition there. And if they decide to keep Dixon for his special teams contributions, suddenly it's starting to get, you got to make some hard decisions. And it seems like they're really high on Crawley and Harris. And at this point, I would be more shocked if they don't make the team than anyone else after Bro and PJ Williams. So five or six and how it comes together is going to be really, really interesting. So we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Again, we're going to try to get more regular on the show and everything. It's just, it's tough. Stuff happens. And, you know, sometimes you got to prioritize things and life gets in the way and all that. But the goal is to be a daily show. We're going to work to be a daily show. And, you know, just keep listening, keep subscribing, telling your friends, all that stuff. You know, the, the bigger the numbers get, the more advertisers we're going to have on the show. The more advertisers means more money which means that the show keeps going. There's more of a commitment to it and everything like that. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Enjoy the game tomorrow night, and we'll be back.